typical sayings about New York. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It's the city that never sleeps. The city's so nice, they name it twice. If you're like me, you might look to song lyrics from The Empire State of Mind or New York, New York for a good New York quote. If you're like my parents, more so my mom, if you're ever talking about the city, the phrase hustle and bustle is sure to make its way into the conversation. It's all about the hustle and bustle in the city. Sometimes we need a break from the hustle and bustle of the city. She says things like that a lot, but she isn't wrong. Both of my parents were born and raised in New York. So were my brother and I. The chaos, the hustle and bustle of the city, it's what I live for. And you see it everywhere, especially on the trains. What he said, what what he said. Folks, by the way, we do not swing on clothes, but we do step on toes. So please, keep your toes out, we need them. New dance called Light Streets, use our feet, you know what I mean? Hey! Everyone, at least to some extent, is on some kind of hustle, right? Think about it. It's the kids doing math homework while standing up during morning rush hour. It's the women selling mangoes outside of the train station and the women selling churros inside the train station. It's the community leaders handing out sandwiches and water bottles to the homeless in the subway cars. It's the student athletes selling Welch's fruit snacks and Oreos after practice on the platforms. It's the well-balanced break dancers busting a move on a moving train. And it's the musicians just providing a beat from subway car to subway car through this pulsing city. I lived here practically my whole life. This kind of mentality is all I know. I have no idea what it's like to move to a place like this, but I can confidently say it's not for everyone, but for the people it is for. If they're given some time, they'll find their way, one way or another. That's how I feel, but I mean, the whole goal is when you move, you make new friends. Yeah. So, everywhere I go around the world, I guess I just need to make new friends. <laughs> yeah. I met Ty over the summer. She's from the West Coast, and we have very different energies. I think the New Yorker in me tends to be very loud, you know, just very in-your-face and energetic. I guess that's the East Coast for you. But Ty, Ty is cool, calm, collected, Callie. At least those were my first impressions of her. I tend to place those adjectives on anyone I encounter from the West Coast. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm here. That's why it'd be good to move back. Because it is about the now. Yeah. It's kind of like weird to know and then like acknowledge and then make your moves based on the fact knowing that like the moves and decisions you make could have a huge impact on like 
where you'll be in the future. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> right, it's, it's like, I don't know, just, they do make serious things, but when you come with successful, you don't worry about that. Like, I can get a house here, mm -hmm. house here, apartment here, and feel like I can go anywhere. And that's how I kind of want my life to be. Yeah. So, good to know. L.A. <laughs> um, when you're from L.A., everybody's pretty much one culture. When I came to New York, I noticed that there's like pockets of culture. So like you can go over here and it'd be Jewish. You can go over here and it'd be all of this culture in one area. Versus mm -hmm. L.A., everything is kind of like we all have the same culture and we're all from L.A. And that'd be life. So L.A. is just beautiful. What do you remember most about growing up? in California as a whole? Food, all the fast food spots you want to go to, the beach, because I'm a beach girl naturally. Um, just being able to just drive up, like on New Year's, that's what we did, we went to the beach. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Yeah, skating, grew up skating a lot, and parties, lots of parties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> okay, do you find yourself missing those things the most when you're not in California? Of course. I definitely miss those things the most because, like, for instance, skating was something we did growing up a lot, like, from seven years old, every week, twice a week, sometimes. So when I went back just now, I just went skating, and it's just, like, such nostalgia, even though it's changed a lot. Yeah, and then food. I went back, I saw El Pollo Loco, Jack in the Box, Carl's Jr., Ramona's. Shout out to Ramona's. There are things that are there that they don't have here, yeah. Mm-hmm. And is there like a specific spot or place you find yourself missing the most when you're away from California? The beach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the beach. Um, the warmth. She explains to me that there's L.A. the city and L.A. the county. Just because you say I live in L.A. doesn't necessarily mean you live in L.A. the city or downtown L.A. LA the city is different from living in the county of Los Angeles. In the county of Los Angeles, there's Inglewood, there's LA, there's Carson, there's a lot of different um, cities within that county. She's lived in LA in both senses of the place, in the city and in the county. First, she lived with her grandmother and her mom till the age of seven. When her mom got married, they moved out and moved into an apartment with her stepdad and stepsister. We lived um, on... High Point Street in LA and I loved that apartment because it was close to my elementary school I had friends in that apartment I had my best friend she lived right across the hall from me and I still have that girl as a friend on Facebook who I was best friends with we had a McDonald's across the street oh there we go <laughs> and you know as a seven year old that's like Happy Meals Ronald the was there like literally I have a picture with Ronald shortly after living in this place they moved to Carson they moved into a house that would become her childhood home. Carson is a beautiful place as well. Very small, suburban city type of place. And I think that like seems contradictory because I think on the east, when you say suburban, it's like far out. Mm -hmm. But in the west, it's like you can still be in the city and still have like a suburban area I where see. there's nice homes and affluent families. And so that's kind of like what we were. We were kind of like a well-off family due to my dad, you know, just being successful in his career. Um, and that area was nice. However, there was a bit of a roughness to it because it was the borderline of Compton. So, um, my dad would always be like, don't go outside and talk to those weird people. 
and <laughs> those weird people were like gang members and things like that because we lived right across the street from a park Stevenson's Village Park so a lot of history there but that was a good home yeah I like that house it was a definite upgrade the five of them went from living in a two-bedroom apartment to a five-bedroom, two-story house. And while this move was happening, she and her family were transforming into a blended household. So my mom married a Zambian who came to the States for school, and he brought his daughter the year after they got married. And that was in, like, October of 1997, I believe. Wow. And, yeah, <laughs> definitely different culture. I have so many memories of what that was like. I think as a seven-year-old, you kind of move with the flow. It's like new friends. <laughs> um, but as time progresses and changes and disciplinary actions get involved and then the difference of cultures of someone being from a whole other country, you now become not just a blended family but an international home. I think that really does affect when you're living in America the culture that you may be used to and the culture that is now being introduced. So it definitely was good at times, but then it got harder along the way. Ty tells me that in the earlier years, in that home, they were all happy. Times overall were just happier. In the beginning, when we were... uh, really family focused we used to have movie nights we used to always try to gather and like go to restaurants um i think we tried to do at least twice a month or once a month at least we did a lot of family things and we used to watch uh the show 24 um with the character jack bauer if y'all haven't seen that it's pretty good my dad was really into those type of like shows and um movies martial art movies and heist and all that stuff so a lot of that growing up and also we had a a good culture of music my dad would always play music all the time and that really influenced my style of music but also um he would dj so like it was like a lot of different elements to our family that i think really created me as a person yeah yeah my dad had the stronger voice of the house so a lot of times we'd go to this african parties and mingle with you know african friends and i felt like that culture really was slowly seeping in more than the american culture at that time but my dad was also very young and hip and so like you know he's 25 26 so it's like you know my mom and my dad loved to party when they were younger and like also seeing that culture really brought a fun dynamic to the household Ty's family was pretty well off. Where they lived and what they did reflected that. Carson was also, you can tell it was like very well off black people. As a kid, that kind of made it awkward for me because... Made what awkward? So because I lived in a well off family, essentially my dad made a lot of money. He worked in pharmaceuticals full time. He was always in sales business and then pharmaceuticals. And then coming from an international, like very affluent home being a lot of the opportunities to go to different states. Like my dad had a house in Michigan. We had family in Michigan or like we'd go to Mexico. I've been to Europe. So like that kind of changed my taste in a lot of things that my black peers may not have understood. Like, oh, why is she into NERD and punk music? Why is she into African music? Why is she into all these things? Why does she like Indian guys? Or you know what I'm saying? Like at that time, at that age, I had like a bigger idea of what 
You were, like, your mindset was bigger than just yeah. California. And, and just, yeah, and just one culture as well. And I think that's a big deal, like, black culture, for instance. Just one culture as well. So I think that really came from the home that I lived in. Mm-hmm. Being able to see a lot more um, and be exposed to a lot of great cultures. Their family appeared to be okay. More than okay. It looked like they were doing really well. It looked this way. Ty's father traveled a lot for work, but her mom was always present. She was always, it's so crazy how I think about my, our relationship because she was the number one person throughout our whole life who supported us every step of the way. She was at every game, every dance rehearsal, everything. Like our, our friends loved her. Like she was the cool mom, the hip mom, the young mom. She used to drive a Land Rover. Like she was it. But in the inside of the home, you know, it's breaking apart. Like on the outside, even our church friends, they thought our family was just so perfect. But like, we weren't happy. And it was breaking apart and it just, it really took a toll on my mother. Her parents were having marital issues. When I started noticing it was definitely in middle school because a lot of times parents think that you can't tell. Like, but we are human beings, even if we're kids. So we can pick up on energy. We can pick up on vibes. We can pick up on, okay, why is that happening? That doesn't make any sense. And we'll think about it down the line, like, oh, that's what I remember happening. And maybe we don't actually know what it is, but we will because we decipher it because we witnessed it um, and we heard it. And I think the, the problems really started in, like, middle school, but blew up in high school. I see. And that's the hard part about being a kid, going on a teenager, going on a young adult. You go through a lot of changes. You develop not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. With all the things going on at home, aggression was one way Ty found herself processing her surroundings. She started to get into a lot of fights at school. Sixth grade, I was like the perfect student. I don't know how it was because that was not me at all, but I'd go to the counselor, I'd check on my grades. Seventh grade hit, downhill, talking about fights, grades declined, I had like Ds, there was like question of graduation. Eighth grade hit, same thing. Ninth grade came and my dad gave me a talk. (laughs) He was like, listen, I'll never forget this. He said, boys do not like girls who fight. That was enough for me to stop fighting as much. <laughs> I'm dead that it worked. <laughs> no, it did. He said, boys do not like girls that fight. It worked for a little bit because I ended up fighting a little bit later on. But he's like, boys do not like girls that fight. So <laughs> mm-hmm. you need to cut that out. Yeah, it just... Why do you think he said that in particular to you? Because he knew that I was a fighter. Like, there were times where he... There was one time where he justified me fighting, and I was so happy. But other times where I was fighting and getting in trouble a lot, he was just like, no, you can't do this. And my dad, when I used to get on punishment, my dad would put me on the wackest punishments. I mean, like, you had to sit at the table and do standards all day, homework all day, math, science. Like, he would have me study. And this brought into my hate for school. Because... I always find that, like, (laughs) if you give me, like academic work as a punishment that's not gonna make me like my parents would be like you just have to read and I'd just be like I'm gonna hate 
reading now. Right. <laughs> it's supposed to be an enjoyable activity. Right. Like, you want me, you want your child to be a well-read individual. Right. And now I'm going to see it as, like, this punishment. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it worked out for me. So I think ninth grade I came in and I went to a totally different high school from my sister because middle school was just, you know, I was always being compared to her. So my mom was like, no, they need to go to different high schools because I need them to have their own individuality. And I think that worked because we did have our own lives. We had our own friends. Teachers weren't able to judge us according to previous sisters or whatever. And yeah, we had a lot of our own different social life, but that also made us less close. You know, and I think that was that. And then my father not being home even more and him and my mom getting in fights that they thought we didn't notice. Uh, My mom crying all the time. That was like probably the most heartbreaking thing seeing all the time, like in our house. Um, And just that chaos. I think that added to my hormonal 15-year-old self (laughs) where I'm just like, forget life. Everybody sucks. The world is a terrible place. And I just want to go to college and get out of here. And at 15. Yeah, at 15, I'm just like, this is just dumb. Everything was like, this is dumb, stupid, all you guys are wrong, I can see through you. Like, that's how I was. And I felt like I was a very intuitive 15-year-old. But I felt like the weight of the world and seeing so much of the truth in the world, like, that picture was shattered. And, like, that really made me depressed or made me angry and made me secluded. Things were changing. Home just didn't have the same vibe it did when they first moved in. So like she said, college was on the radar. A way to get away. A lot of my black friends outside, like in my middle school, they didn't have that same push all the time. Yeah. My parents were strict, so... Like it was an expectation, you're going to college. Yeah, it was like, so when you get to college, not if... It was more of that. And then my dad was kind of like on this tip where it was like, you're going to college in Michigan because that's where we have a house. And I was like, I'm a rebel at this point. I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, my dad would always send us to expos, like different, you know, college expos. But the first time I went to a HBCU, a black expo, I walked up to the Howard booth and Howard used to have this, in 10th grade, had this uh, red booklet that just said Howard on it in blue letters. And I was like, okay, that's where I'm going. That simple. Now I had silly dreams of like saying, okay, I'm gonna always go to wherever Pharrell is from, because at that time in middle school, I was in love with NERD, in love with Pharrell. So I'm like, I'm going wherever he's from. But it just so happened that Howard was in Washington, D.C., Pharrell from Virginia. I'm like, all right, cool, settled. (laughs) That was 10th grade ties, understanding. I'm going to Howard. It's near the Virginia, where Pharrell's from. All the greatest people, Chris Brown, Trey Songz, come from Virginia. I'm going over there. <laughs> I always told my mom, I'm going to the East Coast. I was like, yeah, I'm going to there. Now, the career always changed. But where I was going did not. I'm like, I'm going to Howard. But on the other end, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do TV and film. He's like, well, if you're going to do it, take a class. So I went to West LA College. And shout out to Westlake, which is down the street from my high school. And I would go on Saturdays and take a class. And I just fell in love with TV. What it consisted of was us analyzing shows. We'd watch the first episode or the pilot episode of shows and kind of break down how these shows are made, the storyline, the flow, everything about it. And I loved it because it was just like 
we saw some really fascinating like HBO shows and really hit shows to the point where I'm like now a huge fan of Dexter, one of my favorite like Showtime shows because we kind of like broke down that first episode. Mind you, I'm like 16. Her dad didn't let her or her sister watch that much TV growing up. But whenever they did get some TV time, Ty loved to watch Degrassi. Oof. I, yeah, lots of Degrassi. Did your parents know you watched Degrassi? No. I don't think they knew what Degrassi was about. Degrassi is like the most parents. emo high school experience. Yeah. And I was like here for it all because it was really real life, to be honest. All the drama just, you know, exponentially out of, mm-hmm. blown out of proportion. But I'd watch Degrassi. I'd watch anything on the noggin or the inn. Back then, the channel was called The Inn. I'd watch any of that. Sometimes I'd watch Disney Channel or ABC Family, but mostly I can remember Degrassi, everything. And <laughs> uh, I seen like so many. I seen the '80s Degrassi. I seen the. Oh my. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Degrassi. I've stopped watching it though, so don't worry. I I don't think I ever when I watched Degrassi, I never watched it like chronologically. I always just like saw episodes. So there'd be like. A recent one with like Claire and Eli, which is like that's like 2010, 2012. Yeah. And then I remember like Liberty and like JT. And JT was my favorite. Yeah, of course. I was in love with JT. Everybody's like, Drake, Drake. No. no. Jimmy Jimmy wasn't it. JT was it. And when they killed JT off, sorry if it's a spoiler for some, I was heartbroken and I knew my love with Degrassi was starting to part ways. So that was enough. But (laughs) the way they killed off JT was foul. Yeah, (laughs) it was disrespectful, and I knew I could feel it in my heart. They're about to do something horrible when that when I knew that I had like watched it live, so I knew like oh, next episode they were like doom doom. You know the music. I'm like oh no, they're doing something that I know is about to end our relationship right now, and they did. (laughs) (laughs) I just like remember Liberty just like yeah. Balling. Yeah. <laughs> Finding him. Oh, wow. And she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, it was she a lot. She was pregnant. Oh, my God. It was a lot. It was so much. He was, like, trying to get it together, and then they killed him. I'm I like, loved what? their storyline, too. Their storyline was the best. Yes. Yes. And her connections yes. to television and film didn't stop with this one college class she took on the weekends. She also acted in community productions. In high school... They had this guy, like this, this, um... They have, like, an out-of-school... Yeah, a program. Yeah. Yeah. Middle school did that a lot, too. Yeah, they had this program called City at Peace in L.A., and they came to our school, and we had to audition. And Mm -hmm. I'll never forget this, because I used to like to sing on the low. And so I would always hide that about myself, but I performed um, Halo by Beyonce, and... I think that was, like, it for the audition. Like, I got it. Nobody else, like, if they did get it, they didn't take it. Um, But I was one of the students from that high school to get it. And so I would go from Compton. Oh, so they would take kids from different schools? Yeah, it was a a mix. Yeah, it was a mix. So I met a lot of, I think it was great because I met a lot of kids who I still know to this day um, who went to King Drew High School or, like, which is way out, like, um, further from where I live. Um, Culver City, all these other different schools. And just these inner city youth basically putting on a show about different struggles of urban families, I suppose. I see. So I did that for a while. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, it was like more than one production. I think it was like two or three productions, but it was like a lot of rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And I remember then, like my parents came once, but I don't think they really paid attention to the fact that what that was doing for me and what it meant for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I don't think I really paid attention either. I just knew that I liked doing it. So as Ty was moving through high school, she knew two things. She wanted to go to Howard University, and she really enjoyed TV and film. At home, things were still a bit chaotic. And then towards her final years of high school, her parents got a divorce. They separated when I was like in 12th grade, 11th or 12th grade, like maybe at the end of the 11th grade. And my dad moved out from my memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in college, totally just removed. I see. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that affected the sort of house dynamic? Except from like, aside from like obviously. Peace. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure if he listened, he'd probably hate to hear this, but we felt more peaceful because it was always a lot of tension when dad would come home only because, you know, we had our ideas of what were going on and we looked at the situation from our perspective that really made us want to be away from the chaos and see my mom happy and not crying and my dad just, we got used to him being away and I think that helped when he was just away, period. Like there was no anxiety of him coming home. Yeah. Yeah. When Ty graduated, she ended up going to West L.A. Community College, the same place she took the TV and film class when she was 16. She wanted to go to Howard, but her high school grades were not going to get her there. She tells me that being in community college set her up to be an independent. She had her own car. She had a job working retail, and she went to school. At this point, it was just her and her mom living in her childhood home in Carson. Her sister had gone away to go to school in Michigan. So at that point, I'm just like, okay, I have no reason not to grind. And then just becoming more depressed about being still in the house. I was like, okay, that motivated me to get all my stuff. And school was free. I didn't have to pay. Shut up. I found student vouchers to go and get most of my classes paid for. I really only had to pay for books. So, Can't be I, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. And I sometimes wish I would have stayed longer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it definitely was a highlight. Mm-hmm. of, And I had friends outside of school that I had made at school. And I was just like, this is it. I'm, I'm an adult. Like, I hated high school, but college, I was like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is how I should have been the whole time. Mm -hmm. In late 2011, Ty was accepted into Howard University as a transfer student. I didn't expect to find out that I was getting in so soon, but I did get in so soon. And so that really derailed all the things I had set up in L.A. I see. So when you applied as a transfer to Howard, you entered Howard as like what? Like a sophomore? Yeah. I see. Because I made sure that West LA's credits transferred to Howard. So nice. I always knew that I was going to try to go. When I got into college, I realized I was a really sturdy, like I was a good student that first year. And I worked hard and was like, I'm going to Howard. So mm-hmm. it's weird because you say things, but you don't know when or how. 
And I think I always was just like, yeah, I'm going to Howard. I just never expected to actually go. Yeah. <laughs> In January 2012, she transferred into Howard. And she went from sunny L.A. to snowy D.C. And Ty didn't have a chance to visit the campus before she moved. So when she got to Howard, she was taken aback by the weather. And good thing I didn't. Why? I wouldn't have gone. (laughs) (laughs) I would not have gone to Howard if I visited the campus Because when I got to Howard, I transferred in spring of 2012. Got you. So (laughs) I didn't have time to, like, plan a trip from the West to the East Coast to go visit. Right. Yeah, it's it's a trip. You know, that's, like, easy $800. So I was like, okay, cool, let's go. Like, and my mom was like, yeah, you've been saying this your whole life. Let's go. And so went, and January in Washington, D.C., coming from... Beautiful, sunny L.A. (laughs) Let's say this. I had no idea what a coat was. I thought I had a coat. (laughs) And I always tell you guys this. I thought I had a coat. (laughs) Until I got to L.A. I used to have this, like, ugly gray trench coat that was, like, so thin. That's the... Yeah. (laughs) Trench coat was the key word. I was like, a trench coat. In In January. January 8th, 2012. Got to D.C. and I was just utterly just, I thought I made a mistake. (laughs) When that wind hits your face. (laughs) Mind you, I had been in cold before because we like go for Christmases to Michigan growing up. And so, you know, Michigan is colder than most places. It's colder than New York. And so like I'd been in cold and I always told myself, this is why I'm not going to Michigan. Because I don't realize how Californian I am until I, like, move to a different state in the East. And I'm just like, it gets colder. (laughs) There's another level. Right, right. Like, there's there's different types of... When I made a friend at Howard the first, like, day I got there. And, you know, she had been in D.C. for, like, two years ahead. But she was explaining to me the different types of snow. And I was just like, there's different types of snow? (laughs) Oh, yeah, these are flurries. flurries (laughs) flurries <laughs> oh my god I was like no I've made the wrong decision <laughs> I'm so Cali right I had a trench coat a great trench coat that was like made out of like some lightweight wool I had Uggs mind you when snow melts the ground becomes water like Uggs are not something for water no Feet used to be wet and cold. And so I wouldn't even stay in my dorm. When I first got there, you come as a transfer student a week ahead. I didn't stay in my dorm. I stayed with my mom in the little hostel or the um, the bed and breakfast that we got. Cause I was like, mom, I'm going back home. And my mom was like, no, you're here now. Like my mom wasn't having it. She was just like, no, Tiana, <laughs> you're here. Let's go to your dorm. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Thanks for looking out, mom. You gonna leave me here? You gonna leave me here? I'm homesick immediately. Like, wow. I'll never forget that. (laughs) I'll never forget that. Coming up after the break, Ty's journey to the East Coast doesn't stop with D.C. and Howard University. And back on the West Coast, 
things were changing just as much as she was. This episode of Back Home is brought to you by the support I have from all of my friends that I've interviewed for this podcast. Friendship is pretty great, isn't it? So for that very reason, feel free to share this podcast with your friends. Share it with your friends from back home. Share it with your friends in your new home. Share it with your roommates who could potentially be your friends. Share it with anyone who honestly you consider to have been a friend to you at one point in your life. You can also be a friend of this podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Now, without further ado, back to the episode. Ty was homesick. But to be fair, who isn't when they go away for school, right? This is something she wanted since she was 15 years old and saw the red booklet with Howard University written on it in blue letters. She made it. She set a goal for herself and did it. And she really enjoyed attending Howard University. Howard is a party school. There are parties on campus. Yeah. Parties in the cafeteria. I remember I, yeah. I visited Howard once in middle school it was uh, maybe in like 2007. Yeah, and uh, we went, to, I don't remember what the cafeteria was called, but like they were legitimately the Blackburn like, turning up in the cafeteria. And like, yes. I remember everyone was just like, yes, they had so DJs wild. in the cafeteria. They had Soul Food Thursdays. How it was like that. And our first year was definitely better. I think as years, as you get older, your perspective changes because your wants and your needs change. But when you get first there, like your first there, it's like, I'm just here to melt into the culture, figure out what this is. And I say, I was still very homesick, but partying is something I love to do. And so like, <laughs> I used to party all the time. And the girl who I met, Kiki, shout out to Kiki. She also was like that, being from the islands. So like, <laughs> we would party pretty much every day. And like, I used to party all the time. Lots of Caribbean parties, love Caribbean parties. African parties and yeah that was my first year but I still was like depressed because I was away from home Mm -hmm. and so so like parties was just like a good distraction yes Ty didn't declare a major right away you went in undecided yes but like leaning towards tv tv production yes so in the back of my mind I knew I was going to do tv and film but I had my dad's voice in my head where he was telling me to do finance and accounting and I knew that that was the money road, like, period. Yeah. Was he still offering, like, support? Absolutely not. My dad was not, no. Um, And that was the heartbreaking part of those later years. Um, My dad was very headstrong about how he wanted us to do things, but oftentimes, financially, felt like we had to figure it out on our own. You know, a lot of separation at this point in my life from my father yeah which which really made college harder I think that's why college became harder mm-hmm. did he have a similar upbringing that like sort of like if you wanted to do something you had to make it happen for yourself so that's why he did it I believe so 
I believe he had a similar upbringing where there's this belief, and I think it's it makes it's also in the 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 being a man type of mentality. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I often felt that he put that on us women, and I think I have my own belief where like how you raise women is different than how you would raise boys, like, yeah, and or men. And I think sometimes when we needed, you know, to be daddy's girls, we were kind of like soldiers. All of this is obviously my perspective. Right. But that's coming from that perspective and feeling that way enabled a lot of like a ripple, ripple effect for a lot of the way things went um, to the point where it's just a lot of bad memories of trying to get depend like be dependent on my dad. Yeah. During her first two years at Howard, Ty tried to go home whenever she could. And when she couldn't go home, it was just a phone call away. I would call my mom time to time. At this point, I didn't talk to my sister as much. Um, She was going through her things. I think it's just a natural thing that ends up happening. She goes through her things, and we're both just going through our lives as separate individuals. And so I talk to her every now and again. I talked to her more before I transferred to Howard. But when I transferred to Howard, I think I talked to her less and less. Um, And yeah, so I'm really just calling my mom every now and again. But... Even then, after a while, when my mom started to get her own life, she was an empty nester at this point, that communication became different. Mm -hmm. And so my mom was always there financially in any way that she could. But then I had to start working because I'm in college. I got needs. I'm trying to go to Puerto Rico. I'm trying to take trips. I'm trying to eat, you know, out with my friends. I had to keep up. So I had to work and go to college again. And um, it was different doing that at university than it was in community college. The first couple of years, I'd say like the first two years, I went home because I was with somebody. And my my main reason for going home, of course I wanted to see my mom, but it was all about this relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I'd go home and most of the time when I'd go home, I wouldn't be home. I'd be at his house. And so that also became a part of my living situation where I'd be staying with his family and stuff like that. And so when I go home, my mom wasn't really home all the time. She had started um, having her own kind of like social life and like when I come home there'd be no food and like you could tell like she just was rarely home it wasn't like she was trying to starve me or anything like that it was just like no yeah you know she's just not home to feed anybody she's doing her own thing yeah she doesn't have to cook for anybody like she's doing her own thing and so it was kind of like all right you good you need anything cool she left I took the car I'd leave and at first she was uncomfortable with me going being gone for so many long periods of time with my boyfriend but eventually she came around to that and like that just was a routine Mm -hmm. either I'm home this week or I'm not and like that's how I was each summer and each break and so I'd go home every summer but I would either miss like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas and Christmas wasn't the same at home anymore because my parents divorced and we were away at school and it's just not the same anymore um but yeah that's pretty much when I would go home Mm -hmm. after that I stopped going home Towards the end of 2013, that was the last time Ty visited home for a while. Ty's focus was on school and her social life back in D.C. Finishing college was just the beginning. She had the rest of her adult life ahead of her. College was just a tiny portion of it. So I always had this pressure in my mind like, you're not successful if you don't graduate with college with a job. I think everybody from college feels that way. <laughs> yeah, like I knew I had an intern 
And I really regretted that. And so, Kayambi, Kiki, her uncle worked at BET. And so, while I was still in undergrad, I was like, I'm about to secure my bag. You understand? So, (laughs) (laughs) as a senior in college, I started working at BET. I worked in corporate, at BET in a corporate office. My role was a cross-platform publishing assistant. And basically, that's kind of like a a publishing job to a platform so that uh, different assets or quote-unquote shows will be distributed to websites like iTunes, Amazon, so that you can watch them and buy them. So it was like a the download to own distributing department for a TV network. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I went to school. When she graduated in 2015, she took on this job full time. My whole idea after I got to Howard was maybe to go to business school for finance and accounting. Because at this point, I'm like, OK, I'm going to just do what my dad said because I get where he's coming from at this point. And I started liking accounting because of my undergrad business degree um, minor. And so I was like, OK, I'm going to do that. But when I got to BET, I was like, I kind of just want to do film. (laughs) So instead of joining the finance department, I got an interview with this department, the distribution department. And I remember being asked in the interview, like she looked at my resume and she's like, it looks like you're like more on the camera doing in the studio work. Is that what you want to do? And I was like, I'm cool with whatever. Like, this is fine. And I kind of settled. And that is like the the demise of my career right there. Because I was just more eager that I was in college. I got a job at BT. And I didn't want to mess it up by saying like, oh, (laughs) that's what I prefer. Yeah. Yeah. And then have to wait. Mm -hmm. So that ended up being screwed, screwed me over. I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do and I was settling um, the pay. I started to really understand, like I, I had came from working a lot, but like never really understood how to do a good resume or how to research a position and, and negotiate your pay. Like this is like, I think this point in my life is a turning point of being a true adult. Like this is how adults make it in careers. And I didn't understand that fresh out of college. I didn't feel prepared for that either. How do you think you were being adult in college then? Like if if there was like a clear difference between being an adult in the like career world, like what were you doing this entire time in college? Because you were still like adulting. Yes. But in college, I wasn't paying rent. <laughs> in college, I think what made me feel like an adult was I paid my bills. I got my own phone. I got the iPhone. I was like, oh, I got the iPhone. I'm an adult. Because my dad wasn't trying to get it to me, and I was on his plan. And he was like, no, if you want an iPhone, like, you buy it yourself. So I bought it. Like, all the things that I wanted to do, I paid for. Trips. Um, I got my own credit card, which I... It's another story. And, like, you know, I started, like, doing what I said I wanted to do. And that made me feel like an adult. And I wasn't depending on my parents as much. As soon as, like, I realized my mom couldn't handle financially anymore, I started to try my best to just always provide for myself. Ty was no longer in the undergraduate bubble. She was tackling new situations and challenges as an adult. She was learning a lot, but at the same time, she wasn't feeling her job. She knew she was settling. And as if knowing this herself wasn't enough, 
the situation itself just became a lot harder to settle into. She didn't like going to work every day. She tried switching it up. She tried a different department. But combinations of pushback from management, lack of colleague support, and overall unhappiness in the field led to a universal breaking point. She got laid off in May of 2016. She found out on her day off through her boyfriend over the phone. He also worked at BET. I laughed. I was like, ha, wow. Hilarious. He's like, oh, I'm gonna call you back with more details. So then we come in. He, I don't know if he gets any more details at that point. We come in and he's like, these people have been let go. Our boss. And I was one of the people. My boyfriend was not. Wow. Yes. And at that point, like, you knew you weren't happy. Did you feel like it was a sign? Or, like, what, what was, like, how were you processing being laid off at that point? I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. And I just didn't take it seriously. And I didn't realize how bad it was going to get. After that, after a process... Now, see, I think that my path is pretty interesting because it was kind of set. Because a week before, I had got offered a job at Warby Parker. (laughs) I see. And I didn't take it. And I was like, I walked in, I was trying to get glasses, and she was just like, hey, do you want to work here? I love your personality. Oh, God bless. Right. And I was like, oh, you know, I laughed a while off and left and didn't think anything of it. Did not realizing that a week later I'd be laid off and needed. Mm-hmm. And we only had one week to stay. Because when you're a freelancer, you're free. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just leave and come when you want. So that led into some other depression. Because soon after that, I just didn't know what I was supposed to do anymore. I was just like, I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. I went to college. I got the job. I did the job. That didn't do it. I'm, now I'm out of the job against my will. And now I'm be working in retail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sucked. Yeah. You just didn't think you'd be back. No, I, I guess I just never thought that I'd be back there. I didn't know what I'd be doing. And that's the thing. I don't think I really aimed. I knew I aimed for BT because I wanted to work at BT to be uh, Roxy on one of six and park but see i never paid attention to that i never paid attention to like if you want to be roxy what does that say about which role you want to be in Mm -hmm. and how do you get to that path i never like thought deeply like about how i can get to the next career path that means you want to be in front of camera (laughs) yeah you know what i mean i didn't think about that were you like too busy with what was going on at the time to think about it because i think like giving yourself time to reflect and tune into what you really want. Like, you need time to do that. Yeah. Did you think that you had time to do that? No, I think I allowed distractions in my life and wasn't being aggressive about what I wanted. She didn't have time to think about what she wanted. She had a lot on her plate. And as if she didn't have enough going on in D.C., things back home were changing too. This entire time she was in D.C., she didn't visit home. She was busy. And when she finally made it back to L.A., it was the summer of 2017. And home was not the way she left it. I finally get an opportunity to go back home. And most of the time, it was, I just didn't set aside money to be able to afford it. And I think I was also avoiding it because 
my life that was there, I just felt like was dead. And I just felt it'd be too painful to go back and actually deal with. And so when I went back, it was just so empty feeling. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, like, this is heartbreaking. And I had to deal with it. So what did that look like? Like, you saw your mom. What did you guys do? What did you talk about? I saw her. And we first thing we did was grab food. Because when you go back home. Gotta. You gotta grab food that they don't have anywhere else. Yeah. And one thing that we also did growing up was get our nails done. My mom used to keep our nails and our hair done. Flat ironed, thick acrylic nails, feet done, eyebrows. She used to do, like, wonderful. And so we did that as well. And then, yeah, we went back to her house. This is my first time visiting her apartment in Burbank. During this almost four-year period away from home, Ty's mom sold their house. So you never got to see, like, the... The end of our other house, the packing it up, no, and all of our stuff was gone. All of your stuff was gone. She got rid of it. When did she get rid of it? I think she, I don't remember the exact year that she ended up moving out. I want to say it had to be 2016. And was there a conversation regarding like, hey, this is happening? I felt like my mom had some underlying feelings about everything, and so she kind of just was like, I'm here by myself, there's a lot of stuff, and you guys aren't coming back to get it. So, I'm throwing it out. And I'm keeping the important things, but most of the stuff is just old memories, and there's no point to keep it. And that was kind of like painful for me, because I was attached to that. That was what I considered home. That was what I could go back to. Mm-hmm. But for her, it was too much of a weight. Yeah. I think she kept... Things that were important to me were, like, my dresses from homecoming in high school. My prom dress. My pictures. My CDs. My books. Those things, I think she still has most of... Some of them in her apartment. But I understand it's a one-bedroom apartment, you know? You can't keep too much. Other things would probably be, like, my journals. Like, my personal thoughts. Because I was always writing in a journal... And just my room, my space, my view. I used to look out the view of my room and look at the park. So that, the house was nice. Like, just the whole thing. Yeah. It was a connection. Like, this was home. Like, this is what I got used to coming home to. And you didn't get a chance to say goodbye. No. But that really broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And we, we fought a lot about it. Why did it break your heart, you think? Because I had this idea of home as being this thing where when I got married, I can go back and reference with my children. And so I always wanted it to be like, our same stuff is here and I my room's the same and oh, let me show you what this was, you know, and what we used to do here and this park. And I'm st- I still think about buying that house when I get money. It was hard for Ty to let go. It's part of why coming back home was bittersweet. She missed LA. She missed her mom, but she also missed that childhood home. And now, she couldn't go back to it. Uh, it was awful, but I, I, I let her know that I knew I was being selfish. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't taking into consideration the pain of what that feels like to be left into memories. 
and she just wanted to move on and let go. Mm. Overall, this trip back home after being away for so long was different. And Ty felt indifferent afterwards. I didn't like it because I was still a kid in L.A., a college student in L.A., you know what I mean? I was still that. That's what L.A. was to me. Yeah. So I was running. I was like, no, I don't want to deal with the reality of, like, what it would be like without that. Mm-hmm. It just felt different physically. Like, the air just didn't feel the same, as silly as that sounds. It just, it wasn't as beautiful as I remembered it being either. Really? Yeah, it just felt like it was just like, I think it could also be the time I went. It was kind of like a rainy day. But that makes a difference when you're like, when your life's a story in your mind. <laughs> you're just like, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not as impressed by it. I like the DMV now. Like something else becomes your home. And so home after that just feels old and tired. Mm-hmm. And and the beginning. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people who go to college end up moving into their college town. Because they grow, they become adults in their college town and they don't want to go back to what made them feel like a child. Mm-hmm. When Ty returned from her trip home, she was still working. She still had to hustle. On top of the part-time retail job, she picked up another job at Instacart. She moved into a different place after she lost her BET position. The last place was no longer affordable. The first place she moved into had bed bugs, so she had to manage that on top of everything else, too. Overall, she just had a lot to manage. In between working her two jobs, she was saving money for rent, she was taking care of herself and her basic needs, and she was trying to maintain her social life as a person in her 20s. Like, I went through a lot, all while working at this new job with in this position I don't want to be in. And so it got to a point where I lost my cell phone. And um, How did you lose it? I lost it during homecoming at Howard University partying and it fell in the toilet and I had a six mind you that was in 2017 so the six is old and I didn't I just I went through the wire with phones and like different um companies like Sprint oh my gosh I was like I'm over this I'm not buying a new phone Mm -hmm. (laughs) so for two months no phone and the house that I had finally settled in no wi-fi no tv Ooh. Yeah. All my friends at this point moved back home. Yeah. You went retro for a bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what do you do in those times of nothingness? For the first time in a while, Ty had time. She still had a lot on her plate, but she had time that she didn't have before, or at least she didn't seem to have before. She had time to think about where she was in her life and time to do things that gave her purpose. Things to keep her entertained. Things that made her happy. She finally had time. You could read, and I read sometimes, but I had to get out. And so I would start going to dance classes, which reawakened my love for dancing. Then I saw like, when I would get on social media, when I had internet connection, I saw a ad from a Howard student, or a previous Howard alum. He had been producing, or was going to produce for a radio show, a little mini-series. So I auditioned. And that was in 2018. <laughs> so yeah, the end of 2017 till 2018 was when 
I realized that I'm into singing, acting, and dancing. And that the whole time I was kind of like shying away from who I truly was inside. Which kind of like, if I look back, I, I did a, a thing where I looked back inside of myself and thought, what did I always want to do as a kid? Because they always say that what you truly want to be, you already are. Like, it's always been, it's something you've always done internally. And I never thought about that. I used to sing down the street when I was a kid. Nobody knew because I was shy about it. I used to dance in my room and wish that I could go to dance classes like my sister. Nobody knew because I was quiet about it. And then acting, I used to act in my house in Carson. When nobody's home, I'd be in the uh, main room, the entrance room, acting like I was accepting a speech like Beyonce. (laughs) I'd be there like accepting my award, like, yes. And I just want to thank you for all supporting me. I want to thank God. I want to thank all of my fans. I used to like do that. And it trips me out to think like I still do that sometimes in the shower. I love that. Yes, I used to do that, but that was just a habit. Like, I yeah, never thought, like, think. yeah, I never thought, like, oh, Ty, you know that what you're doing is truly under all of people's opinions about you and everything you've been through. That's who you are. It came to light 2018, mm-hmm. 25, 25 years old. <laughs> As Ty is telling me all of this, we're sitting in her bedroom in Brooklyn. She shares an apartment with three other roommates. You can probably hear some of them doing their own thing in the background. I notice there's small piles of books on her desk. And on her bed, there's one book she got recently for an acting class she signed up for. Just last spring, she decided that she wanted to move to New York City. And this is the thing about Ty. When she says she's going to do something, she does it. She wanted to go to Howard University. She made it happen. She wanted a job waiting for her out of college at BET. She made that happen too. So it doesn't come as a surprise that after she decided she wanted to move to New York City in late April of 2018, she made it happen by that summer. I started saving up money and working hard, working extra hours to get to New York. But I was coming back and forth to New York, finding a place I want to live through Facebook. So I'd reach out to people on Facebook. I'd say, hey, I want to view your apartment. I set up schedules to view for like whatever time period I'd be in there, and I'd view. When I finally decided to settle on a place that I started subletting, I packed up all my stuff in Maryland, rented a U-Haul with one of my close friends, Bree, and we both drove to New York with all my stuff. How long is that trip? Like It took about seven hours because I decided that I wanted to be cheap and avoid the tolls. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, that definitely does not take seven hours. No, nope. <laughs> it took seven hours because I, I decided gonna, to be cheap. I was like, four or five? I was trying to save my money. Yeah. I was avoiding them tolls and they still got me. I still end up having to pay $15 to enter into Brooklyn. I'll never get that, and I hold that grudge to this day. (laughs) I was rolling smooth. (laughs) Made it all the way to the state. Man, and they were like, hand out, ready, like 15, tired, been driving all day. (laughs) New York was a hard city. I didn't like it at first either. Yeah. 
I was like, oof. I loved New York before when I'd visit my friends um, in Harlem. But then living in Brooklyn, I was like, oh, crap. Like, this is hard. Good thing I moved in the summer. She thought when she first moved here, she would start pursuing her acting career straight away. But it took some time. She was still working retail. She moved from a part-time position to a full-time one. And things were happening just at its own pace. When you're trying to move here, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh no, you have to work. Mm -hmm. Priorities are different. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. I have to work because I have to have somewhere to lay my head so that I can have something to eat, so I can have all my things not stolen on the street. You know, you're thinking about all these things. And so it was stressful and I didn't want to be in retail anymore. And I didn't want to be in my job anymore. And I felt like I couldn't grow. And I just had a lot of like, okay, you you moved here for acting. When are you going to start? And had this whole idea like, oh, it needs to start when I move there. And no, you have to settle in. You have to get into a groove. You have to figure out where money's coming from. You have to learn the area. You have to learn the industry. You have to learn people who you can trust, who you can talk to, who know what they're talking about. It's so different. Like being realistic about the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to happen like at least a month or two. It's just starting to happen in 2019, so. Yeah. I'd say six months is not bad. You're not stable until you're settled down, to some degree. I think now that I'm older, I kind of understand that. Like, when you get married, you pick a place. And then that is your, you you get a house together, and that's it. (laughs) That's your home now, unless you decide to move. But for the most part, you might be there for a long period of time and really build into that community. I think in this part of my life where I'm still getting my career set, mid-twenties, everything is unstable. Everything is just constantly changing. Everything you're trying to attach to, make connections, and that's always gonna be forever changing. You kind of have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's what's difficult, because I think all people's nature, as humans, where our nature is to attach. So I have to always be comfortable with that idea that home will always change. Mm -hmm. But I think what makes it home is just me. If I'm there, and I make it into a spot, a place, it has to be me in it to make the home. So right now, home for me is hearing my roommate sing, my other roommate's boyfriend walking in and being annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) My roommate walking around with her flip-flops on loud as heck, telling me about her day and our landlord, our super never showing up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But I can close my door, put on Netflix, and lay on my bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's you. And that's it. Ty has gone back to California since the last time she visited in 2017. It was a lot more beautiful this time. That's what she tells me. It was how she remembered it. It was just something about that first time, that first time in a long time, that was a challenge she had to get over. She didn't have her home in Carson anymore, but she had herself and her passions and what she remembers about herself and her passions in that home. Accepting speeches like Beyonce, dancing to her own music, and singing when no one is watching. It's all her. She's just in a different place now, and she has a different routine. Home is really about routine. What kind of routine you get into, where everything is. And you can build that routine as long as you're you anywhere you go. 